The following program is intended for mature audiences. You're listening to Bottom Shelf Recording Talk. Sounds boring. Oh my, yeah. With your hosts, James Seabrook. Okay, you were paying attention, but the idea is clear in my head, but translating it into English is not. That's brutal. I understand the hypocrisy. And Joey Roach. I don't even know what you do. I was just told you were the man. Some people would say I'm overconfident. That could be my ego talking, though. I'm trying to think of the right word. Oh. Yeah. Must be a tough word. Next subject. Uh, you're bored with this one? You don't hear us gassing on about it. Give you in the horn. I don't think it means what you think it means. By the way, you know, when you're when you're telling these little stories, you have a big mouth. Here's a good idea. What are you even talking about? Have a point. Why are you airing personal matters with complete strangers? It makes it so much more interesting for the listener. Yeah, learned that lesson already. It's um much better now. All right. Yeah, everything's prepped. The computer isn't going to die on us. Um. I even had some thoughts towards show prep, so we're good to go. Sweet. Yeah. Yeah. And um, there's actually someone here for you to bounce your ideas off I of know. so that you don't... Did you... Like, oh, man. I listened to the whole thing. Did you? Yes. Oh, man. I'm so sorry. <laughs> How painful was it to listen to? It Pretty was fun, uh, funny. That's funny from like an awkward how, perspective. Uh, yeah. yeah. It was so painful that I found it funny. <laughs> Uh, hopefully we which will... is why I listened to the whole thing because I yeah. found it funny awesome cool <laughs> hopefully we never have to do that I don't again, know but... about if the audience <laughs> feels the same way uh, um, anybody that's listening to this for the first time I did the first solo show last week and it was painful had two guests lined up um, and you know what it, it's totally my bad uh, for them not showing up mm-hmm. because I confirmed with both of them the week prior like a more than a week before. Right. And I didn't talk to them, talk to either of them in for the eight days leading up to the podcast and to, to last week's show. Right. So totally my bad for not, not tracking them down. At least, at least one of them I could have tracked down and said, Hey, are you showing up tomorrow? Yeah. But, uh, yeah. And then I got, I got, um, one tweet from, uh, from one of our regulars mm-hmm. that said, why didn't you call me? I would have shown up in you know, 20 minutes. <laughs> and, and had I thought of that, I'm going to think of that next time. But yeah. It's who I think it is, right? Take a guess. I'm not oh, no, that. no, not at all. Not at all. You're thinking of, uh, you're thinking of, um, uh, one of our regular guests. Yes. Not at all. Okay. No, not at all. He doesn't, does he tweet? I don't think he tweets. No. I don't know. This is, a, it is a former guest. Okay. Um, and so I'm going to reach out to him next time. I, I'm probably going to reach out to him to just to come and sit in on the podcast again anyway, because he was a ton of fun. All right. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, so where were you last week? I in tried Calgary. to explain it, but. Uh, yeah. It, it, it's one of those like. How do I explain it? I have to spend time with with, with the missus. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and since she's living in Calgary right now because she's going to school, you know, I I made a trip to Calgary for a couple days. Right. And then spent too much money when I was down there. Mm. Yeah. I went to a store called Century Box, which is apparently... According to the people who run Century Box, the largest board game store in North America, which I believe it, 
because it is literally a warehouse full of stuff. That's awesome. <laughs> so, would you uh, would you walk away with? I bought a pack of uh, Dust Tactics things, which is an alternate World War II game. Okay, cool. Where the Nazis found an alien saucer and like reverse engineered it and made like mechs and laser guns and stuff and then the rest of the world got wind of it and tried to make their own right awesome and then i don't know the war continued to till 1947 which is the current year of the the war or the game or the game yeah, yeah. gotcha okay i so, watched yeah. um uh speaking of world war Two, i watched uh netflix just loaded um season 12 of supernatural and one of the one of the worst episodes they've ever had which i found hilarious but it was a terrible terribly directed and terribly acted um was nazi necromancers that have survived to the modern day but instead of hitler dying they trapped his soul in a gold watch kind of like a harry potter horcrux okay and the 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 episode was them restoring hitler's soul into one of these nazi necromancers bodies um and they made hitler this like maniacal um goofball that was so overwhelmingly excited to be alive alive again again. (laughs) and it was it was pretty ridiculous. Yeah. I don't think Hitler would get in power this in the, in modern day. At least I would hope not, but we have some interesting things going on in world politics, so who yeah. knows? I don't yeah. I don't yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We need to redirect now. Yes. Because if we start talking world politics, this is gonna be a it's not going to be an audio podcast. <laughs> <laughs> It'll just be white noise for the yeah. next, next, I don't know, how, what, what minute are we? Yeah, the next 54 minutes. But I did try to get some music done last week too. Oh yeah? Yeah, because I, I, I took advantage of the fact that I had a, had Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday off, and then I took Thursday, mm. Friday off as well. Oh, nice. You took so the week, whole week like off. A, a vacation and I got back to Edmonton on Tuesday night, I believe. Okay. So I spent a little bit of Thursday and Friday doing some music stuff. Still can't finish the song. <laughs> this, is, this is an original original stuff you're working on, right? Yeah. Uh, how come you can't finish? It's just my writer's block. I can start like a song idea or two, yeah. but there's not enough ideas in those little ideas that could actually be dragged out to a song have you ever and this is this is something i've done a handful of times um when i've had when i've had writer's block um at least musically lyrically it's so much more difficult but um i i break things down to the math of music um for example here's the here's the chord progression you're probably recording it to your computer, mm-hmm. right? And then I just break out, break out some MIDI editor or something, and start writing and start like 
not oh. randomly, but, but I, you know, I, I tell myself I'm in, I'm in this, um, key. I want to modulate to that key. Um, so that makes these, my available notes. And from that note in the previous bar to this note in the new bar, I'm going to go here because that's mathematically nice. And I'm going to make that bar, um, an 11, 12 bar, 11, 12, 11, eight bar, 11 over eight bar. Um, you know, and, 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 and I'll do that kind of thing and just start forcing things in. Mm-hmm. And usually by the time I get through, I don't know, eight bars of, of something like that, my brain has started to pick up on what the math is doing and it starts to be more, it starts to be more creative. And I start, well, not always do I come out with something I do useful, use but, a lot of theory when I'm trying to write stuff. And when I do hit that block, I do try to force the ideas out, but it doesn't always work. But that's what I mean is, is I'm not, I'm not forcing the ideas out. I'm just going through the motions. Like I'm, I'm basically turning my creative brain off and just my analytical brain. Um, and I, and I, and I just, that's what I'm saying is I try to use my, my theory knowledge to try and help me get more ideas. Okay. But like I said, it just doesn't always work. Sometimes I'll get an idea, I'll try it out. And it's just like, that is stupid. (laughs) <laughs> but sometimes, sometimes the stupid thing is just a placeholder, um, in between the not stupid thing and the next not stupid thing. Right. Yeah. I also have this problem of like, I'll write maybe two minutes worth of stuff. And then yeah. the next day I listen back to it. I'm like, how did I think this sound good? <laughs> yeah. right. That's fair. Yeah. <laughs> I, I mean, I'm not discouraged by it because I know the best songwriters out there, they all say like takes a hundred songs to make a hit or make a decent song. So, you know, and I don't write as much as those people do because those people are probably writing eight hours a day, five days a week. Yeah. God to have that time, you know, whereas I focused more on the engineering side. So yeah. Instead of the writing side. Yeah. Cause that's, I mean, that's the more, well, it's profitable ish I I don't know <laughs> I don't think it's any more profitable than writing. well I suppose you're not doing you're not doing a lot of engineering these days not at the moment yeah I've kind of gotten lazy since working at Long McQuaid yeah and also being around music like as much as I am like 8 to 10 hours usually because some some days after work I will work on music so that could be a 10 hour day of music right by the end of that I don't know I just need a something to take me away from different those kind of thoughts yeah um have you thought about just like reaching out and starting a starting a band or joining a band just something to thought about it like I'm starting to open up to the idea because like the last serious band I was in was that band that destroyed my SG and Mesa cab. It was in LA, right? Yep. That was a long time ago. Was, That's I, like I, I was 10 say, years yeah. ago almost. Yeah. yeah. So it's almost, it, it's almost worth, it's almost worth just going through the experiment. Excuse me. Oh, hiccups. Going through the, it's almost worth going through the experiment. Yeah. Just to try it out. Just to well, see. I've 
talked to some bands and then through talking with them i i, I figured out that it wasn't a band i want, didn't want to mm. be in because right. there are like i reached out to some bands and their goals were to like tour canada and stuff and just like i've i've done things like that and i don't want to do it yeah again i enjoy eating <laughs> uh yeah now that i can afford to <laughs> and i'm not gonna quit not gonna quit affording money. eating yeah <laughs> yeah to tour canada for the off chance that maybe i'll be able to afford to eat playing music mm-hmm. oh you're getting phoned you know i should have just turned that off um so what's happening i listed a whole bunch of stuff on kijiji yesterday right um, I was allowed, um, Kijiji allows me nine ads in any given category, um, or something like that. Um, so I listed, listed a bunch of the excess gear that we have kicking around. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I've been getting a lot of phone calls and a lot of messages about it. Also listed the, uh, the truck, the old truck. Um, and that turned into a bidding war, which was hilarious. Really? Yeah. I was, I was totally, it, the truck is basically dead, right? Yeah. Like the engine is toast. And I don't know anything about engines, but it's got a hole in it that's not supposed to be there with parts sticking out that aren't supposed to be sticking out. Okay. Says bad things to me. And body-wise, the truck's in pretty good shape, mm-hmm. but the windshield needs to be replaced. The brakes are, you know, they're original brakes, so they're getting old. Tires need to be replaced eventually, uh, pretty soon. Um, there's both headlights are cracked, but they work and there's lots of issues. Sure. Anyway. So I figured I'd be happy if I got a thousand bucks for for it Mm -hmm. and I'd probably accept anywhere close to a thousand as an offer. Right. So I listed it too. listed it 2000. I figure why not? Gives people room to negotiate. Low ball. Um, had a couple offers. One guy offered me 15 and I was like, Oh, Maybe let me just delay writing, re- replying to this guy. Cause it was just a, uh, an email. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I got a call and, and this is all within the first 45 minutes of the ad being up. Jesus. <laughs> yeah. I got a call. Um, I'm in Lethbridge. I want, I'll, I'll, I'll take it right now. I got a whole bunch of questions for you, but I'll take it right now. I'll send you an e-transfer as a deposit. $2,000. Like, great okay sure and your ad already said like this is in shitty shape type of thing like i even listed it as um as is for repair right just so people know like not in good shape and i've listed all the problems okay uh, right yeah um and so i'm like yeah that that sounds great and then right away i get another call from a guy that says i want to see it right now i want to take it I'm like, well, I already have an offer on it that I'm ready that I'm ready to accept, um, and the guy's ready to send me a send me a deposit. He says, "Well, I'll beat it," and then started a bidding war. He wanted to pay that that new guy wanted to pay seventeen, and I was like, "Well, my the, the current offer right now is is two thousand, and uh, and he says, "Well, I'll give me twenty one." And I'm like, "Well, let me go back to the other guy," and he said twenty three. Then I went back to this guy, and he says twenty four. And I went back to the other guy and he says, well, I'll give you 24 as well. And I'll e-transfer all the money. I'm like, that's great. I go back to this guy. He says, I'll give you 25. Jesus. (laughs) The other guy wasn't willing. The the guy down south wasn't willing to go 25. So done and done. So I got 25 when I was just, I I was thinking to myself, lucky if I'd get anything over a grand. 
Yeah. Yeah. yeah so that made, that made my day. And then and nice. the, the guy went and grabbed cash, came right back, $2,500 bills. In cash. In cash. Sweet. Which I took right to the bank and said, put this on my credit card because I'm poor. <laughs> yeah. That's why I don't have a credit card. Mm, yeah. well, <laughs> well, it's part of the reason why. The bank says I'm not allowed to get rid of my credit card because I owe them too much. Okay. Yeah. I think the bank suggested to me that I should make my credit card not usable right. and then pay them back what I owed. Huh? And then when I paid them back what I owed, we closed closed the credit card account. Credit card and account. And now I have to currently pay off my second um, checking account right now, which I'm pretty bad at doing. You pay off? Are you in like overdraft? Yeah. Oh, that sucks. It's almost worth getting a new credit card and transferring the balance to the new credit card because the insur- the interest is probably going to be less. I only pay 20 bucks a month for the overdraft. That's the, that's the charge? Oh, that's... Including Ends interest? Because they, they like, charge credit card sized interest for overdrafts. Yeah, it's about $24 a month that I pay towards that, having that second account. Okay. So it's not terrible, but it's been an overdraft of like 500 bucks for a while. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> yeah. Now that, I should... That is- Probably sell some stuff off though. I don't know what though. Yeah. And I'd like to find some other sources of income. I also sold yesterday again within two hours of listing it. Um, the, um, art pro channel. Okay. Yeah. Um, that, that, that was the one with the, with the very moo mm-hmm. compressor in it that we tried out and it was kind of shit. Um, and yeah. the, yeah. Anyway, I they, think for the price, the ART preamps are decent. pretty good. Yeah. Like, I don't know. So many people complain about them, but then like there's these professionals out there that use them because they're dirt cheap and they don't sound terrible, like the internet suggests they do. Yeah. Well, I mean, that that um, that pro channel. I wasn't a, I wasn't fond of that pro channel, mm-hmm. but I could see quite easily how I'd make it work yeah right um, well I have a MPY at home and it's just yeah the only reason I have it is because it cost me 50 bucks and these MPAs are, I got this um, this uh, original pro MPA mm-hmm. and it sounds fine yeah I, I'd happily use that on just about anything yeah 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 I mean people People like to crap on the cheap stuff because it's cheap. Yeah, I know. And, and now, now the big the big thing with cheap stuff, at least this is how I'm starting to look at it. The big thing with cheap stuff is it's not always made with components that are going to last. Yeah. Or components that are super consistent, and 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 that's why you probably have a a, a big range of of stuff that works really well and stuff that isn't please is isn't as satisfying to whomever right there is a price range where it is like this is dirt cheap and it's going to probably break in the first year versus this is cheap and it's going to last and pay for itself and then some multiple times over yeah yeah 
And, I, and I usually tend to buy the stuff that's in that. It's going to pay itself off. I, yeah. Like, I'm not going to buy a $12 XLR. <laughs> I'm going to buy the $40 XLR. Mm. Although, that's not a cheap XLR. <laughs> I, I, I will spend the money for a good XLR. I did buy a, tw- uh, a pair of $12 or less microphones. Um, one that looks like a SM58 clone. That was the $12 one. Mm-hmm. It sounds okay. Missing a little niceness, but it sounds fine, right? Like I would use it on stage and I'm sure most local sound guys wouldn't, wouldn't know the difference. Right. You know, um, and even even the seven dollar one, bought a seven dollar one from China, um, seven dollars delivered, with an on off switch. It sounded awful, um, but totally usable as like a listen mic or a drum room smash mic or something. Hmm. A couple months or no, probably a year ago, I had yeah. somebody in our rental department return a fake vintage uh, Sure SM58 really yeah it wasn't like an actual yeah uh sure vintage sm58 but it was a really good copy of a vintage (laughs) like we looked at it and it was just like this is not a current model of sm58 and then i because i was curious i I looked into it i was like this kind of looks like a vintage one right did some research and like compared it to like pictures i saw of vintage ones okay and the only thing that tipped me off that it was fake is I had to look into the XLR connection and then I saw that it was like cheap components mm. in there. The body itself was like metal. It had like a really good grill on it. It said sure and like had like the proper homage written on there and stuff. Right. Although it said sh- how sure was spelt. It wasn't spelt the logo way. It was a oh, different weird. font. Okay. Which is, you know, it was a tip well, they, off that it was. The older ones had fake. had a significantly different font. Yeah, but I, I compared it to. Oh yeah, yeah. to, to uh, the with era appropriate font. Yeah, yeah, I got you. Yeah, and then yeah, the only thing that really tipped me off is I had to look at that, uh, and yeah. then I saw that it was like some. I can't remember the company, but it's a company that's like makes stupid cheap XLR connections. Mm. And that's what was in the bottom when usually it says like yeah. neodymium or whatever. Right. Neodymium is a magnet. Magnet, I know. Yeah. <laughs> but <Sorry. laughs> people make big deal out of that. It probably says sure on the vintage ones. Or it's some other company that makes like higher end. Did you guys test it out? Like to see how it sound fine. Yeah. Sounds different than an SM58, but hmm. or like a modern 58, right? But I know the vintage ones do sound different from modern. Yeah, yeah, well, I mean, lots of different components over the years, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and I've had a great sales technique for selling SM58s lately. What? What's that? Oh, uh, there's been a lot of people coming into rentals and they'll be like, I need a vocal mic and then I'll grab on an SM58 and then there'll just be this conversation of like, I need the best microphone. The best microphone you have. And I'll be like, let me show you something. And I'll take the 58 in my hand and I'll just 
practically throw it on the floor. Yeah. And I'll be like, now watch this. I'm going to plug it in and it's going to work. I can't do that with a lot of mics. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, right. (laughs) Now tell me, is that good enough for you? (laughs) (laughs) Well, and and that's the thing. Like the, the 58, it sounds pretty good. Yeah. You know, it's not the perfect mic for every voice, but it sounds pretty good for most applications, right? Well, that's, and that's, that's the why argument I have to have with people is just like, I haven't heard the person you're going to throw this in. They're not here. So I can't make a suggestion as to yep. what would be great. The SM58, though, sounds good on practically everything you throw in front of it. Yeah. It's exactly. very rare that it sounds like obviously wrong. Yeah. And that's, yeah. Nobody complains about a 58. Like, uh, people are weird. I'm sure people do complain, but they're always, they're complainers anyway. Yeah. Well, yeah. I've, I've had a complaint recently that, I don't know, it was weird. I helped somebody before we were even open one day, and then the next day I got a complaint saying that I was terrible. <laughs> it's just—it made no sense to me. It's just like it's a half hour before we're even open. Yeah. Like I probably hadn't even finished my morning coffee, so like <laughs> I might That's be awesome. a little bit cranky, but like I'm fucking stopping and I'm helping you out instead of doing what the rest of my coworkers would do and be like, "We're open at this time." Yeah. So that like they would have been more pissed off with us <laughs> if. I wasn't the one who dealt with them as I was trying to enter in the store. Mm-hmm. Sundays suck. Yeah, Sundays. Because there is like a lineup. Like, the lineup to get in at noon, eh? Yeah. Man. Occasionally you'll see like three or four people when I usually get in, which is about half hour, 45 minutes before we open. And that was this case. It was this lady who's there reading signs just wandering and then as I was like opening the door to get in she's bugging me and then I willingly helped her out she's like what do you need okay and then she kept talking to me and then she complained about how I was taking too long and stuff so just like you keep talking to me of course it's gonna take too long you already told me what I needed I'm gonna grab it give it to you get out <laughs> Exactly, go away. <laughs> Apparently my attitude sucked though too, but whatever. Well, I mean, you can be cranky when... You I wasn't cranky though. Or I don't think I was cranky. I wasn't like notorious Joey level cranky. <laughs> you were just moderately cranky. Maybe. You know, like pleasant Joey cranky. Sure. <laughs> Which is just normal default Joey. (laughs) Yeah. It was probably, I haven't gotten into the mode of being along McQuaid staff yet. (laughs) Or the mindset, I guess. Shifting gears. Yes. Okay. I have been, um, in an effort to listen to more music for pleasure. Not mm-hmm. for research or for whatever, right? Right. Um, I have been connecting my phone 
This is the beautiful thing about the new, the new car. It allows me to connect my phone and easily integrate. So I can have my phone in some pocket somewhere, be connected to the car. Awesome. Anyway, I've been playing everything on random, on shuffle, shuffle. Okay. With the intention of reminding me the songs I like, the albums I like, artists I haven't paid attention to in years, that kind of stuff, right? Right. And I mean, nothing, I don't think anything on here is newer than 2013. Most of it, I'm sure, is from the 90s or the first part of the millennia. Hmm. Anyway, it's been, um, it's been eye-opening how little I'm interested in listening to a single song off an album especially when I know I love that album when it comes out, right? Mm -hmm. Um, David Bowie is a a great example. I love the um, Heathen album. I think it's brilliant. One of my favorite albums of his. But every time a song off that comes up in shuffle, I have no interest in listening to just the song. Yeah. But I know if I stopped, put on that record, listen to that record, I'd love it, right? And it's, it's, I'll scan through just hitting next, next, next. I'll scan through 15 songs before I find one that I, I'm okay with listening just the song. I probably do the same thing, but with Spotify and it has like, uh, they have at this point, they have several daily mixes for me. Oh, really? Yeah. Because I guess Spotify is recognizing that my my taste in music is diverse. Pretty eclectic, yeah. So I think I have like six daily mixes and it'll be like, you like artists like this. So we made playlists that kind of reflect those kinds of artists. And That's what cool. That other people. That. Yeah. But I'll hmm. play those and like, it's usually like a hundred songs or something like that. Yeah. And I usually skip a lot because I'm not really interested in one song. That's fair. And the songs usually have to catch my attention pretty early on. Pretty quick to make you. And it's so different when you're listening to an album. This goes back to our months ago conversation about why albums are better than singles, right? It's so different when you're listening to an album. I feel like I'm willing to give a song that isn't capturing my interest right away time to grow or time to play out to find something that it's that it, that's going to capture my interest because there's pretty much something with every song that that could right but with an album oh. like like take um are you familiar with synchronicity by the police uh it's been a while but i have listened to that record there's some weird ass fucking songs on that record mm-hmm. but i love that record every single song even the weird ones Ooh, mail no, it's just Podbean. Yeah. I switched to Podbean because the Apple podcast thing wasn't downloading episodes despite the fact that I had a lot of space. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. Hmm. I could have like four gigs of free space and it wouldn't download anything. I'd That's have to weird. be connected to the internet to listen to podcasts. So I got rid of it huh. and got Podbean. Fair enough. Did you upgrade to the new um, operating system? No. No, okay. I'm very slow at updating things because I am that person who's just like, if it works, I'm not updating it. Yeah. 
Yeah. I only update when I finally break down from all the constant reminders. You don't get yeah. the reminders? Oh, I, you're just, I'm just, pretty you're, good at ignoring those reminders until uh, an update comes out that actually makes my phone uh, useless. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Because like a lot of my apps do automatically update. And so then when ah. a new OS that makes those not work anymore right. <laughs> comes up, I have to update my OS. <laughs> I had an interesting, an interesting one. Um, I had a client last week. I think it might've even been Saturday morning. Um, awesome guy, really laid back, really chill, um, rapper Mm -hmm. that was willing to come in 9am on a Saturday morning, paid in advance, um, paid for the extra time or deposit in advance, paid for the extra time. Um, we got like six songs done. He's having someone down in LA do the mixing, but cool really cool guy um and then he started asking me what DAW we recorded in and I don't know why at this particular time it was that afternoon so he'd already left Mm -hmm. he sent me an email asking me um either his buddy or his or his the mix engineer wanted to know what DAW I recorded in okay and it made my brain go through this slight panic because I wasn't up to date. Now, I like most things when I'm looking to do a quick, quick job um, yeah. or be really quick for my client, I use Cubase to record in, right? Yeah. And I'm still running Cubase 7 while the newest one is... Nine. Nine. And it really sent me into this like momentary panic like oh what do I, what do I say you know whatever there's, there's people in LA that are using Pro Tools 7 <laughs> I know exactly and I have to remind myself of that it's like a guy like Randor um over at Turnkey um like he was he refused to upgrade past I think he was running 8 Pro Tools 8 mm-hmm. and he refused to upgrade past that for 5 years Right. Well, Pro Tools is a thing where, like, you don't need to upgrade that every year. Only upgrade when there is a feature that will save you a lot of time and therefore money. Right. Yeah, exactly. I mean, that, that that's usually what I recommend people do. But are you still on um, the? Oh no, you've updated to the new um, version of Reaper, right? Reaper will automatically tell me, but I oftentimes will ignore it. Ignore it. I think I'm like half a version or no, I'm probably at like 5.4 and I think 5.5, 5.6 is out. So I'm, uh, I'm probably like 10 updates behind or something, mm-hmm. but most updates don't do anything for me. Right. If I, if, um, an update has something that's like, Oh, that'd be useful to have then I, I update but <laughs> yeah until then I, I usually don't unless I did an update and it and then there's an update that fixed a bug that was in that update then that's might, useful that's yeah useful that's update. useful yeah especially if I've encountered that bug mm-hmm. but majority of their updates don't have bugs at least in my experience hmm 
Yeah, well, I mean, there's always there's always something buggy, right? I mean, because yeah. like a programmers can't they can't anticipate every single problem out there, right? And that's yeah. why user feedback is so important. Well, a lot of the features that they update and stuff are like so kind of in the engine of the thing, which mm -hmm. I don't really get into because I don't need to. The only time there's only a handful of times I've had to go like in depth in Reaper, and it's more or less just me going in depth with Reaper so that I can make a shortcut key that will do this in depth thing. <laughs> yeah. Um, I just had, so I've been, I've been working for months on this, uh, four song EP of mine, right. Mm -hmm. That I've been remixing. Um, you still have to send me tracks. Are you up and running? Are you ready to I'm up get and running? I, right. can I, I can take songs. I have all the multi-tracks. Um, I need to reorganize ready. my folders with all my DLLs because when you're ready and want them, you send I'm, me a t send me a text message and I'll and I'll upload I'm them to you. I'm ready. I, I can. I'm up and going. Okay. I just I know from a file um, organization standpoint, <laughs> the file that I have all of my plugins in yeah. is a mess. <laughs> That's fair. Which. I mean, I don't need to go in there very often. So that's, you, you know what, dude, that's one of the things I love about, uh, about working on the Mac is it, it keeps those things so well organized, so well organized. I love it. Like I go looking for pro tools or plugins from pro, uh, that are loaded into plug into pro tools that I don't want visible. It's so easy to find and, and remove. It's awesome. It's easy to remove like a lot of, but not if it's a mess. Even, if, even if it's a mess, what makes it a mess? Well, I'm just, I would like to like have folders. That's like, these are compressors. These are, uh, and I, I didn't bother doing that when I was installing right. all this stuff. Cause yeah. it's just like, whatever. Although in the, in the Reaper and I can make folders like that and then be like, all of these plugins belong in this folder and stuff. And I do do that. Right. I'm pretty sure I have. Yeah, I've done that already. It's, it's tedious, but yeah. it, it makes life easier when I do that. So like Reaper itself will like organize it the way I want it organized. Okay. So, yeah. I don't ever really worry too much about my plugin folders. Yeah. It's just if I have to go in there... There's usually like 200 files and I have to sort through them all, sort yeah. through them all. But I mean, majority of the time I know what I'm looking for and I can just search so alphabetically or something or just yeah. use the search bar. That's, that's what I end up doing. And um, whenever I do any work in um, Studio One, the Studio One organizes by manufacturer or developer, whatever. Mm -hmm. Um, or by, um, probably by type, but not everything, not everything has the metadata they're looking for to organize properly. So a bunch of stuff gets dumped into the other folder. Okay. Right. Reaper just kind of has a plugins folder and then you can create your own custom folders. Oh, cool. Which is what I do. And then it's like, these are my compressor. Or I usually make like a compressor, an EQ, yeah. whatever. And I usually organize them so that the stuff I use the most is at the top of my 
folders list and the stuff that I use least yeah. or is like a late thing like uh, usually like mastering plugins is like at the bottom because right. I don't need to see that right away yeah um, Cubase 8 and I assume 9 allows you to do something similar hmm. um, they finally it takes them took them that long to get to a point where you have basically have a have a plug-in list editor to so edit the edit your folder hierarchy within Cubase yeah. as much as you want. It is what it is. Generally, I know what I'm looking for, and I'm trying not to buy any more new stuff. I usually do the work so that looking for things is a lot easier for me. Yeah. Like if I install five plugins, I'll usually, after installing them, go into my by into Reaper and then I'll organize those five plugins into the folders that I want that them you want to them so you know exactly so that where to find them when it comes time for me to use them I can just click on the folder that I want and then yep. there's a list of all my stuff that right. fits that category and I usually only put plugins that I use quite a bit on there like in my folders yeah that's fair and my compressor folder is probably my biggest one <laughs> I have too many compressors yeah. Um, so, so um, this uh, this EP mm-hmm. finally finished mixing it. Um, spent the month of September finished mixing it at end of August ish. Spent the month of uh, month of September contemplating whether I was done. Okay. And then remixed three of them um, right at the end of September. Basically rebuilt the guitars and in three songs and vocals in two um largely because i made the guitars to like non-distinct okay you know what i mean yeah and the vocals two of the vocals sounded so congested that i just i had to throw everything out and start over anyway so finally sent them off to be mastered um get them uh, make some notes to the mastering engineer, which largely he ignored. Um, and so I get the masters back and they sound good because he's good at his job. Yeah. But there's one of the notes that I wanted was I do not want these commercially loud. I want them to have a lot more sense of. I can see why he ignored that though. Dynamics. Totally. But I told him right up front, this is not for commercial release. This is not going to compete in that market. I don't want it that loud. And on all four of the songs, yeah, all four of the songs, after I'd spent a week with the masters reviewing them, Mm -hmm. I had to write back and say, I'm pretty sure the fix to most of my problems that I'm going to address is turning down the level going into the limiter or the compressor. So (laughs) I'm hoping that's the easy fix here. But there were, um, I mean, my songs are generally pretty dynamic going from, you know, quieter to louder to quieter and back, Yeah. right? 
My and mixes tend to be like that. I'm well, sure if I went to a... You're pretty extreme in yours. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I'm not nearly as extreme as you get. Um, I'm sure a lot of mastering engineers would hate me because they can't do anything with my Well, but that, but that, but that was the mixes. thing. Is my biggest complaint was the quiet stuff was now now felt louder than the loud stuff just by like just oh. just just a feeling thing yeah. right like measurement wise it certainly measured quieter but it because felt they had like push the the loud stuff down in order to exactly, get the right? quiet stuff up there and then the there were like three or four there were four shots four hits where the where the drums come in a loud part starts and that one downbeat they're always on downbeats that one downbeat in each of these spots was compressed to the point of having no impact and the very next the very next drum beat had all the impact back anyway so had to make those notes right and and, and i and i tried to i i try to do what i tell all my clients to do and and be as detailed about the location and the problem and whatever as you can be yeah so that it makes it easier for him to find and then um yeah he wrote back after after i sent him that email and he says that that those should be fine i i'll probably see them today or tomorrow um yeah not in your yet but goodness me excuse me anyway so i was um i'm hoping this i'm hoping this next revision comes back and and it uh it smooths out but there oh and the the last yeah the last issue was one of the songs has a really really pretentious weird fade out where acoustic guitar and a bass guitar they kind of have this this thing uh, that, that that fades out mm-hmm. while a pang china-like symbol right is smashed with a gong or with, with a not a gong uh, a mallet a mallet it really aggressively and it fades out with them but then this flute instrument fades in while they're fading out and carries on and the, the whole ending is like two and a half minutes long it's it's like it's it, it's excessive and pretentious and uh, but I I like it. But then and it and then the flute fades out after it's the only instrument, right? Right. Um. But because of all the compression, and maybe just because it was turned up to feel so much louder, um, it felt like the acoustic and the bass stayed unfaded too long and the the flute fades up too early right like that that's the feel and, and i mean i i might be wrong uh, that might not be what it was but it was you know it was those kind of things that if it wasn't mastered that loud to begin with i i don't, I don't really care what the numbers are I certainly had numbers in mind, but the numbers don't actually matter. They were just, they were just limited too loud or pushed too loud into the limiter. And all of those problems would have, would have, should have not been there. Well, shouldn't be 
going much louder than uh, I think 12 LUFS these days because if you do uh, most online services are going to turn you down and there's nothing wrong with being turned down no no but oh in terms of, of like mastering uh, that that should be the new standard whereas yeah. it used to be like let's hit nig freaking six <laughs> or four well that's and not like, lufs that's our that's just rms right uh no there are people who like they were using rms but when yeah. you actually look back at it, it through a lufs right. meter they are hitting like negative six negative four mm-hmm. well, which is stupid loud I've had masters back for rock stuff that um, that get into the negative six yeah. realm. Negative six is like probably like the max, like the loudest that I'll get, and that has to be like this is trying to rip your face off. See, and 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 for me, man, I I I stop enjoying it just going off RMS levels, whatever that pretends to be. Because I don't know how how does how does LUFS and RMS translate? Is there a, they're is almost there a direct, identical? Almost identical. Just one is one's a more uh, LUFS is a, a more um, it 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 compensates uh, better for, representation of how loud something is, whereas okay. RMS is just average average voltage. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. So I mean, I I, I can I can usually get the loudest parts of a song to to peak out minus eight maybe if i'm if i'm lucky but any well i'm to get hit but i don't even negative six and negative four you have to like mix with the intent of getting that loud yeah there's there's no way around it like i if somebody makes a a classical record and there's like barely any compression or something like that it's <laughs> not going to hit no. negative six negative four no but i mean but that's 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 um that's genre appropriate and and most mastering engineers most mastering engineers worth paying know the difference between genre appropriate yeah right and i'm like these four songs that i sent this guy they would fall into the hard rock genre okay so, so he was probably doing what was appropriate for commercial release right which ignored my comments well right? be fair i would probably ignore them too if somebody came to me and it's like i don't want to release this commercially don't do commercial level mastering like i probably... but why would you why would you ignore that why wouldn't you at the very least have a conversation about it right a quick exchange of emails uh... I don't know. It's easy to just back off of the limiter if they find it too loud. Right, but why not why not start quieter? That's what I'm saying. Like, no. like but but that's what I'm that's what I've I'm done saying. that why before not? and I've had angry clients because of that. Whereas if I'm louder than what the client wants, they're usually less angry and like they can tell me, "Can you please turn it down?" I turn it down some. And then either that's enough or they need more. It, it's really weird because it's like if I do start off quiet and I try to get louder, mm-hmm. I, I tend to have more irritated clients than if I start louder and I get lower. It's it's I don't understand it. And besides that, like 
being approached and being told like here's a list of things we want oftentimes those things that they're saying they want is not actually what they want (laughs) yeah yeah that's fair (laughs) and so it's like a lot of you know do they really mean that they don't want commercial type of thing and i mean if an engineer approaches me and asks for stuff i'm probably going to take those recommendations a lot more serious than if it was a a group of like a band or something but that and and so that that brings me back to my point is is he knows me i've sent him lots of clients Mm -hmm. and i'm i'm not angry at him at all i mean no he he did what he thought was was right and that's fine um he's he was happy to do revisions and and that makes me happy but the point still is why wouldn't you like you know this guy that you're talking to knows what he's talking about at least at some level Mm -hmm. so why wouldn't you at the very least have a quick conversation to explore the rationale or find out more specifics right because i certainly had an lufs number in mind Mm -hmm. and i even and and let's just say it was an rms number because i don't actually know i'm not actually sure what number I was thinking of but I I had a number in mind that I wanted the loudest section to be no louder than and I told him right away I'm very comfortable with this being a quieter album and having more having more dynamics between the quieter and the louder parts Mm -hmm. I I thought I was very clear about that I just felt like he didn't didn't pay attention to my notes and that, well, that upset me. Sure. But at the same time, like he probably has a lot of clients and a lot of them probably say similar things, but actually want a commercial thing. But it, it, and it, so just, it you just, get down, like I, I know this from my experience of having people approach me for mastering yeah. and they'll tell me they want a more dynamic record. And if I do give them a more dynamic record, it turns out what they actually wanted was me to slam the freaking limiter and make it a less dynamic record. But so. that's an that's an easy that's an easy thing to to clarify. Sure, right? Cuz something like But I'm just saying you get used to seeing those things and so you just kind of go like okay, well, I'm just going to do what I always do. But that kind of complacency And then make any That kind of complacency just sounds like bad business, right? sure but majority of the time it it works i suppose and for like those few times where it doesn't work like you just open and be like yeah sure we'll fix it until you're happy i mean that that's how i approach it like you know i'm gonna give you what i think the song needs in terms of mastering and if you're not happy with that you know let me know and i'll fix it Mm -hmm. yeah but oh no i i i know what you're saying it's but it it almost sounds to me like the um it's easier to ask forgiveness than to ask permission yeah right it is but that's but that's what i'm saying is just because it's easier doesn't mean it's the right thing Eh. right for example for example unrelated to audio Last Friday, I took my dog out for a walk and some guy parked in the loading zone in front of my apartment building, threw a Powerade bottle out the window. 
out the window of his, of his car. Mm-hmm. I waited patiently while my dog was trying to find a place to do her business, or maybe she was sniffing ants or something. <laughs> Dogs are weird. And then I walked over to him because he was still sitting, still sitting there. I walked over him, saw the bottle on the ground, and I said, "Hey, are you going to pick that up?" And he got, he got smug and insulting. Called me, he called me litter fairy and litter police, um, and refused to refused to pick it up. Told me to mind my own business, which you know, I mean, I got really confrontational with him. Sounds like you, right? Anyway, so so I walked away, decided that you know what, I need to follow through this. I need to follow this through to the next to the next level. So I turned around, pulled my phone out of my pocket, took a picture of his license plate with the with the bottle in uh, in the in the in the picture. Didn't get a picture of him, but I got a picture of his license plate and the car. At which point he gets out of his car, walks past a garbage can mm-hmm. to confront me, challenge me, and intimidate me to try to get me to um, erase the picture from my phone. Hmm. Like it would be easier for him to either hang on to that bottle yeah. and throw it out later or to walk to the garbage can that he had to walk past me to do. Mm-hmm. I just don't understand why why he was willing to go through that process but not throw it out because he was clearly just being a dick. Yeah. I don't think that relates to what I'm saying. though. <laughs> uh, but I mean, but I mean, the, the point is he took the easy route and, and just threw it out his window because he didn't give a shit. Yeah. And I, and I'm not saying you don't give a shit because I know you, 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 you give a ton of shits about your audio work, but he, he took the easy work and then had to go through what turned into like 18 minutes of confrontation between the two of us. Did he eventually throw it away? No. No? He, he drove away. Okay. I came back and picked it up and, and recycled it because I didn't want, you know. but then I, I did follow through and I filed a, filed a claim with the city for littering and they have his license plate. They're probably not going to do anything, but, and then I followed and I, I was redirected from them to the police and filed a, filed a report with the police as well. And they have, they have a record of the event and the vehicle but they can't, um, they can't move ahead with charges unless they have confirmation of who the person was, mm-hmm. right? Because you can lend your card to anybody, right? Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, the point was, you know, in the case of this mastering thing, could, could save yourself all this back and forth re- with revisions just by sending off a clarification email right you could ask sure but this is a rare case for mastering is what i'm trying to say but that's the thing is is you you can avoid that rare case by doing a quick little thing like how long would have it, it but i'm not going to do that for every single client but that what, i have but, but okay so 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 most clients when most, i i'm pretty pot like majority of the time i'm 80 percent sure i know what they want <laughs> Puck, we're just getting into a good argument. That I, I, that I, 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 uh, okay. Um, <laughs> thanks for coming back. Yeah. Um, 
This is so much more fun when there's someone to talk to. <laughs> it's so much less awkward. Uh, and we'll see you guys all next time. See ya. Follow our hosts on Twitter at Two Bodies of Water. You got that mic in a comfortable spot yet? I'm still working on it. At Joey R. Engineer. I can't even talk. I don't remember what my point was. This is a boring podcast. Um, I realize at the end of this, we didn't introduce ourselves. On to the internet you go. Go switch off.